Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, December 29th, and you are tuned in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this block of time, this one-hour block of time. If you're accustomed and a regular listener to this podcast, we welcome you back. It's been several weeks since we have not been on the air due to technical difficulties and even weather-related difficulties. Until we clear up our technical difficulties, we were dependent on broadcasting from alternative sites, but due to inclement weather, it was difficult for us to get to these sites. And so we return back on the air for this podcast, Parents of Prodigals. If you're a new listener to our podcast, we welcome you. It's at this time. The Parents of Prodigals podcast is a program dedicated and committed to uplifting our unsaved and wayward backslidden sons and daughters, many of whom have wandered from the faith. Maybe perhaps they were involved in the church. They were active in church. And maybe others who have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. There are unsaved prodigal sons and daughters who live at home with their family members and maybe perhaps they were church going and they reached a point where they no longer have any interest in the things of God. Some are teenagers who have reached a point where for whatever reason they have no longer wanted to attend church or they're bitter or for whatever reason have no interest in the things of God. There are other prodigal sons and daughters who do not live at home, are adults, and they're living with family members, maybe they're married, they have their own lives, and the cares of this world, career, money, responsibilities have distracted them from the things of God. They have left their first love. They're no longer attending church or reading their Bibles. The Word of God says that without a vision, the people perish. And many of our prodigal sons and daughters who have left the faith have lost their vision. They no longer think about eternity, heaven, hell, salvation, or the things that they may or may not be in bondage to. Many of them don't believe they're in bondage to anything, that they're actually making their own decisions. But we all know that the enemy blinds the eyes of our unsaved sons and daughters. The book of Romans mentions that the enemy has blinded the eyes of the unsaved so that they do not see the truth. They suppress the truth. Many of our prodigal sons and daughters are involved in alternative lifestyles, alternative religions. Some are involved in drugs, in bondage to narcotics, alcoholism, 
gang affiliation. Some may be involved in relationships where their partner is telling them there's no need to go to church. <coughs> Excuse me. And there is no reason to read your Bible and pray. They're good enough. They're moral. They live decent lives. They're not all that bad. There is no reason to turn back to the church. And so this period of time is dedicated and committed to praying for our unsaved sons and daughters, either backslidden and have wandered from the faith or have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, some of us have unsaved sons and daughters, and we don't even know where they are. We have no idea of their whereabouts, what they're doing, who they're with, what they're involved in. And we agonize, we worry, which is not of God. We're told that we're to commit everything to prayer and commit all things to the Lord's hands. But as human beings and as parents, we worry about our prodigal sons and daughters. In our devotion, which is to follow shortly, we're going to bring that matter up. The idea of being anxious for our unsaved sons and daughters and having anxiety about their lives, their souls, and their salvation. This is a live podcast, and if you're listening, we welcome you to be an active participant in this podcast. If you're listening now, we welcome you to come on the air and share an insight. Share a scripture, share a testimony on what the Lord is doing in your life. If you have a prayer request, you can text in through your device or your computer. You can text in your prayer request, and we will see it on our screen, and we will present it to the throne of grace, praying and interceding for your unsaved son or daughter. If you wish to remain anonymous, that is fine. We will respect your privacy. It isn't our intention to infringe on anyone's personal matters. Maybe perhaps you want to present an unspoken prayer request for a prodigal son and daughter, and that would be fine too. We may not know the names. We may not know the details, but God knows all things. He knows the details. He has all the information that is needed. All we need do is bring it before the throne of grace. God knows who we're talking about and what needs to be done. And so we welcome your participation in this podcast. We want to welcome listeners from a variety of areas. We welcome our regular listeners from the New York area. We also have listeners, which we welcome at this time, from Ohio, California, Idaho, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Utah, Massachusetts, Wisconsin, and Texas. We welcome you to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. You know, due to differences in time zone, 
Maybe perhaps our listeners from California, they may be listening live. It's three hours early in California, or some people may be downloading this episode at a later date to listen to it at a later time. God is not limited by time factors. The Holy Spirit and the Lord can work just as easily through a downloaded and recorded message as he can in a live broadcast. The Holy Spirit is able to work no matter what. And so if you're from any of these locations and you're listening live, we welcome you. We thank you for tuning in. And we would welcome you to participate live in this podcast. We also have listeners in other parts of the world. We have seen that we have some listeners in Japan. We have had people listening from Brazil and Puerto Rico as well. And so we welcome those of you in other parts of the world. If you're going to listen to this podcast, After a download, we pray that you'll be blessed by the insights that will be shared. And later on this evening, we will be approaching the throne of grace. We do have several prayer requests, which we will be bringing before the throne of grace. You know, prayer is not just intercession and petition. As I said before in previous podcasts, prayer is also warfare. It is warfare. And many of our prodigal sons and daughters are in bondage to a variety of things. And when we pray, we must pray with authority. We must pray firmly, boldly approaching the throne of grace, binding the power of the enemy, binding the strong man, rebuking the enemy, and proclaiming deliverance and freedom on behalf of our unsaved sons and daughters. But we not also we not only pray for our prodigal sons and daughters, we uplift before the throne of grace those of us who are parents of unsaved sons and daughters. Those of us who are parents of unsaved sons and daughters agonize. We need spiritual strength and encouragement on a daily basis as the enemy seeks to discourage us. Sometimes the enemy may try to get us to stop praying, to falsely believe that our prodigals are beyond salvation. They are beyond saving. That the shackles that they're in bondage to are way too strong. If they weren't that bad, Maybe perhaps they could get saved. Those are lies from the enemy to get you to give up praying for your prodigal son and daughter. We encourage all of you, I encourage myself, not to fall for these lies from the enemy. We are to continue in prayer, being watchful therein, in supplication, intercession, and petition. And we continue to pray for our prodigal sons and daughters, believing for their salvation. I've said this in prior podcasts. It's been several weeks, so it bears repeating again. I do not believe we are in the last days. I believe we are in the last moments 
the last seconds. The next event on the biblical prophetic calendar is the rapture. The taking up, the snatching away of all Bible-believing Christians, those of us who have surrendered our life to Jesus Christ. The Word of God in the book of Thessalonians says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the air to meet the Lord in the air and our deceased loved ones who have died in the faith. The rapture can take place at any time. And after the rapture, there was going to be a period of time known as the Great Tribulation period, when the world will be deceived into following an evil ruler, a trinity of evil, the beast which is the devil, the false prophet who will deceive many, And worst of all, the Antichrist, a false leader deceiving many into worshiping and following him. We do not want our unsaved sons and daughters to be left behind when the rapture takes place, to be here on earth for this terrible time of judgments. And so we pray for our unsaved sons and daughters that they accept Christ The earth is the battleground for the souls of many. The stakes are high. A Christless eternity or an eternity with our Lord and Savior in heaven. Prayer, fasting, warfare in prayer can make all the difference regarding the salvation of our loved ones. And so I want to begin this podcast with a word of prayer. Father, I come before you, we come before you in Jesus' name, first and foremost, asking you for cleansing from sin. Harsh words, harsh attitudes, things we shouldn't have said, things we should not have done, things we shouldn't have looked at behaviors we shouldn't have exhibited. We ask you for complete cleansing from sin. Forgiveness, Lord God. Your word says, who can ascend into your holy hill? Who can come before your presence? Those with clean hands and a heart. And so we present ourselves to you, Lord God. We want our hands to be clean. We want our hearts to be pure. Forgive us for anything we may have said or done which is displeasing in your sight, not living a life worthy of our calling, compromising our testimonies in our homes and before others. And most of all, sin can separate us from fellowship with you, Lord. (coughs) We ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your cleansing from sin. And we thank you for your forgiveness, Heavenly Father. We ask that you bless this time of sharing, ironing, sharpening iron. We ask that your spirit be upon the listeners so that they're edified. We ask that there be hot coals on my lips so that I speak your words, not my own. Bless this time of fellowship, of encouragement, 
and of prayer. Be in the midst, Lord God. And if there is someone listening, if there is a prodigal child listening, that you touch their heart. And if there is a parent of a prodigal listening, as I know that there is, encourage and strengthen them. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to get into our devotional for this evening. And the title of our devotional is 10 Reasons to Trust God with Our Prodigal Children. 10 Reasons to Trust God with Our Prodigal Children. Now, in previous devotions, I've read the story of the prodigal son, and we are all familiar with that story. A young man asks his father for his share of the inheritance before it is due him. And he implores his father to give it to him, maybe perhaps nags him. (coughs) Excuse me. And he nags him for his share of the inheritance before it is due him. He wants to go out into the world and live his life. And I'm sure perhaps his father tried to discourage him from leaving. But in the end, his father acquiesced and gave him his share of the inheritance. And the son leaves. And for a period of time, he lives a lifestyle of carousing perhaps drinking, partying, and he squanders his fortune. I'm sure when he had his fortune, he had many friends who were hanging around him. But when the money ran out, the friends ran out. And when the friends ran out, so did his support and companionship. He was alone. His friends were gone. His money was gone. And he was forced to take employment with swine, with pigs, an ungodly occupation for a man of his faith. He finally came to the end of his rope and to his senses, saying to himself that even the servants live better than the way he's living now. And in the story of the prodigal son, he returns home. His father sees him from a distance and against all protocol and all cultural norms, the father, instead of standing there and waiting for the son to come to him, the father runs a very undignified thing to do for that period of time. The father runs to his son and embraces him and welcomes him home. My son was lost but now he is found. The joy of a father, who I'm sure was in agony. No cell phones, no telephones, no emails, no text messaging. The father had no idea where his son was, what he was doing, if he was alive or dead, sick or well. All he knew was that his son was gone. And lo and behold, his son returned home, returned to the fold, returned to the father, and returned to the faith. And that's the story of the prodigal son. You know, there are passages in scripture 
that people can relate to more than this parable. It's a story of selfishness, squandering, despair, love, hope, forgiveness, and finally, thank God, restoration. And at some point in the story of this young man turning from his father, we can even see ourselves as prodigal parents. While many can relate to the young son, consider that with every prodigal child, there's also a parent that's praying and waiting and agonizing. You know, the ache of watching our children make wrong choices is agonizing. We as parents watch powerlessly as our children suffer the consequences of their own actions. Like the father in the parable, the only thing to do is to wait patiently and watch the road for our child's silhouette to appear. We all wait for that anxiously. The good news of this parable is that it ends with reconciliation, restoration, and rejoicing. Prodigal children, our prodigal children, yours and mine, are in God's hands, and he can care for them. The hope of their return is anchored in God's grace and love. And here are the ten reasons why I believe we can trust God with our prodigal children. Reason number one, God is a good father. If we think we're good parents, God loves our prodigals more than we do. God loves all of his children, including the prodigal. And he wants the best for them. And the father in this parable is presumed to represent God who watches his children turn away and seek their own plans. And as in the parable, some of God's children eventually returned and he welcomes them with kindness and mercy. God is a good father who gently restores prodigal children. In other words, he runs to greet them and gives them a new robe and ring and throws a celebration. The second reason why we can trust God with our prodigals is God is always watching our children. We may not know where they are. The father in the parable did not know where his child was. But in his omnipresence, God is everywhere. And in his omniscience, God is all-knowing. God is watching our children. He is aware of their needs and their struggles and their heartaches. You know, in the Old Testament, in the story of Hagar, she runs away from her master and finds herself in a desperate situation. And Hagar is alone with her infant son and frightened, but God sends an angel to tell her that he hears and sees her despair. Hagar called God the God who sees. We can take courage in knowing that in that same way he saw Hagar, God is watching over our prodigal children, no matter where they are. We can take comfort in that. Reason number three we can trust God with our prodigal children is God has good plans for our children. The prophet Jeremiah warned the Israelites of the consequences of their sin, and yet they didn't repent, and they ended up in exile. And while they were living in exile, God sent them a message through the prophet telling his people to take heart, to make the best of the circumstances, and endure because he had a good plan for them. The prophet told them that God would return them from exile and that they would prosper and have hope 
and a future. That's found in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 4 through 14. Our Heavenly Father has the same plans for our wayward sons and daughters, to return them home, and not to harm them, but to give them hope and a future. The method God chooses to bring them back to the fold may be painful. We need to trust God with the process. I've said this before. Some of our unsaved sons and daughters may just come to Christ like Matthew. Come follow me. And immediately he got up and followed the Lord. Others may have to be knocked off a horse and blinded like Paul. But we can trust God with our prodigal sons and daughters and with the process that's necessary to save them. Reason number four we can trust God with our prodigal sons and daughters is God protects our children. Parents may pray many things over their children, and protection is always near at the top of the list. We want to know that our unsaved sons and daughters are safe. Some of us have unsaved sons and daughters who are incarcerated in prison, and we worry about them in that dangerous and ungodly environment. Our imaginations conjure up so many fearful situations. Our Heavenly Father is also concerned with protecting His children. Some of us have unsaved sons and daughters in drug rehabs, and we pray that they turn from these narcotics, that they're doing well, and they stay in treatment. To Joshua, as he was about to cross the Jordan into the Promised Land, God says, I will be with you, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. And that's found in Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, God tells the Israelites, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. With God as our helper, there is assurance that wayward children are under God's protection. The fifth reason we can trust our prodigal sons and daughters with our children we can trust our children with uh, we can trust God with our prodigal sons and daughters excuse me that God gives more than second chances God knows how our prodigal sons and daughters are messing up and God is not just a God of one chance or a second chance but of a million chances whatever it takes to restore relationships with his children God will do it consider Jonah the prophet charged with preaching to his enemy Instead, Jonah turns and runs. And there are consequences for disobedience, but the Lord gave Jonah a second chance. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 through 2 says, And then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. We can be confident that just like Jonah received another chance, God is offering the same grace to prodigal sons and daughters. <coughs> a sixth reason we can trust our prodigal sons and daughters in God's hands is God is fighting for our children. The battle for our prodigal children is being fought in heavenly realms, and God is a mighty warrior. He is with our sons and daughters, and he fights to save them. To the Israelites, God said, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty warrior, a mighty savior. 
He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. The world entices our children, but we know that God can defeat those strongholds. There is an unseen world that we cannot envision. It is the world of evil spirits and angels. And when we pray, the battle is taking place in the heavenly realms. It is a battle between angels and demons. And when we pray, we're employing angels and heavenly beings on our behalf to answer our prayers. Reason number seven we can trust our prodigal sons and daughters in God's hands is God is sovereign over everything. God created the world and everything in it, and he rules over his creation. Nothing happens that is, is out of his knowledge or control. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers, or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And because of this, we know that the paths that our prodigal children take are in God's control. And in his time, and with his purpose in mind, our children will be rescued and returned. We need to commit this situation to God's hands. Reason number eight to trust our prodigal sons and daughters in God's hands is God is not surprised by their choices. We may be caught off guard by the things that they're doing, <clears throat> but God is not surprised at all. There is not a day that unfolds that God has not already experienced, and there's nothing we do that he doesn't already know will happen. Before words cross our lips, he knows our thoughts. Psalm 39 verse 4. God isn't surprised by what we or our children do because he sees the future. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Our assurance rests in trusting that God knows the future for our children. His plans will prevail. God knows all things. As I've said before, he knows where our prodigals are, who they're with, what they've done, what they will do. It is all in his hands. Reason number nine, God is faithful to forgive. Prodigal children need forgiveness, and God promises that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and he will do the same to our prodigals if they come back to the Lord. If they ask Christ to forgive them, they will be forgiven. This parable, the parable of the prodigal son, is a beautiful picture of that kind of mercy. No bitterness, no throwing anything in the prodigal son's face. No I told you so's, just forgiveness, love, mercy, and restoration. Once the son is visible in the distance, the father runs to welcome him and celebrates his return. There is no condemnation, only forgiveness and love. And in the same way, God promises to forgive wayward children. 
Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25 says, I, even I, he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. No grudges. Mothers and fathers can be confident that God forgives prodigal children and will erase their transgressions if they return to him, confessing their sins and fully surrender their lives to Christ. <coughs> and reason number 10, <clears throat> we can trust our prodigal sons and daughters to God's loving hands. God desires reconciliation and rejoicing. Christ came that we would be reconciled to God. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. In the parable of the lost coin that appears in Scripture, just before the parable of the prodigal son, there is much rejoicing when the owner finds the coin. And that's found in Luke chapter 15, verse 9. In the same way, God and the heavens also rejoice when one prodigal child is reconciled and returns home. And like the father in the parable, he runs down the road to greet him with open arms. Parents and family of prodigal sons and daughters, all of us, we can rest in the assurance that God is working through this season of your child's life. God is working. It may not seem like he is. I myself have to remind myself of this. It may not seem that God is not, is not working, but we have to trust that he knows what's best, his timing is best, as well as his method. And while you and I wait for the restoration of our prodigal sons and daughters and their return to love and safety, we can trust God's faithfulness as we continue to pray without ceasing, and we need to continue to watch the road. God will save our prodigal sons and daughters. We need to pray, trust, believe, and rest in God's faithfulness. We cannot allow the enemy to steal our peace. The word of God says that the thief comes to kill, to steal and destroy. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy your prodigal, my prodigal son and daughter, and see them enter a Christless grave. And he wants to steal our peace and our joy, destroy our trust in God. We cannot allow the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy our prodigal sons and daughters or our faith in God to restore them. And so we need to remember that God can be trusted completely and fully, despite what the enemy may try to instill in our hearts and minds. Let us continue to trust the Lord in all of this. Well, we've reached the halfway or just past the halfway mark of our Parents of Prodigals podcast. And again, I welcome you, if you've just tuned in, we welcome you back. It's been approximately two or three weeks, I believe, since we've been on the air. Due to technical difficulties and due to inclement weather affecting our ability to get to our broadcast sites, but we are back on the air now. 
And God willing, we will be back on the air again next week and the week after that as we continue to minister to those of us who are parents of unsaved and wayward sons and daughters. As we continue to pray for ourselves for continued strength and encouragement and to touch and agree for our wayward sons and daughters, praying for their salvation, praying for their deliverance, and trusting that God will bring it to pass. And so we're going to take a brief musical interlude break. I pray that you're encouraged by the song and musical ministry that we're going to present to you. When we return, we will approach the throne of grace and present our prayer requests to the Lord. Again, if you have a prayer request, text it in. And we will bring it before the throne of grace. If you'd like to call in an insight, share a scripture, a word of encouragement, or a testimony, we would love to hear from you. And so following this musical interlude, we will return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast.
All right, we welcome you back to the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Actually, we are nearing the close of our podcast. However, we are going to be approaching the throne of grace with several prayer requests. And these are requests which we have been presenting before the Lord for the past several weeks. In fact, we have one or two new ones, actually, which we will be bringing up. And so I would ask that you join me in prayer and petition and supplication as we present these requests to the throne of grace. You know, when the individuals, when the parents and guardians have shared these requests for prayer, every one of these requests are important and the issues may be different in particular, but the one thing which in common is the preciousness and importance of the soul. And so we're going to present each request before the Lord, mentioning the information and asking the Lord's blessing on each one of these. The first request is going to be on behalf of my brother, Jamie Schock, who is listening right now. And my brother, Jamie, and his godly wife, India, have a daughter named China whom we have been praying for. And China has a friend named Alexa, and for a while now, they have been lifted up in prayer and petition for their salvation. Well, lo and behold, it hasn't been that long ago when Jamie contacted me and mentioned, he mentioned this when he was my co-host, sharing the testimony that China and Alexa both had accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, repenting of their sins and committing their lives to Christ. We thank God for their salvation. But more has to be done. We have to continue in prayer for them. The enemy would love to snatch the word from their hearts and minds. There is still a battle going on. And so we're going to lift China and Alexa up before the throne of grace for their continued perseverance in the faith. Touch and agree with me. Heavenly Father, we bring before you these two young ladies, China and Alexa. We thank you, first of all, for answering prayer in your own way, in your own time. We committed the matter to you, and you brought it to past, saving China and Alexa, making them both your children, your daughters, both of them women of God. We thank you for their salvation. We thank you for opening up their eyes, opening up their hearts, convicting them of their sin, and bringing them to the point where they both surrendered their lives to you. And Lord, we ask that you continue to hold them in your hands, Lord God. We pray for their continued perseverance in their faith, that you strengthen them both, strengthen them in prayer, 
Strengthen them as they read your word and get to know you, Lord God. Lead them to a Bible-believing church. If that hasn't happened already, Lord God, they're both in your hands. That they be ministered to in a Bible-believing church where they can be strengthened, their roots running deep in the faith. We rebuke the enemy that would try to snatch the word of God from their hearts and minds. We rebuke the enemy's schemes who may try to lure them back to their old lifestyles and habits and ways. And we proclaim that they are in your hands, Lord God. Send a legion of angels around their hearts and minds and their lives. Protect them, Lord. Keep them. Strengthen them. Encourage them. Lord, send other believers their way who will mentor and disciple them. Lord, continue to make China and Alexa the women of God that you want them to be, strengthening their faith, strengthening their commitment. Protect them from the evil one, Lord God. We commit them both into your hands, Heavenly Father. We know it will be done. We know it has been done. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God. Amen. Our next prayer request is on behalf of a dear brother and sister in Christ at Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. My brother Frank and his wife Rose have an adult son named Edgar. And every week we present Edgar before the throne of grace. Edgar was living or is living an illicit lifestyle. Edgar has a young daughter who, according to what we have been told, is exposed to this lifestyle and seeing some of her father's behaviors. Now, Edgar, of course, has been invited to come to church several times, and he had resisted. But not that long ago, the Lord convicted him, and Edgar did come to a service at sole purpose, hearing the word of God and having a seed planted in his heart. But as far as we know, Edgar has still not surrendered his life to Christ. So we need to pray for Edgar, for his salvation, his deliverance, and for his daughter's protection as well. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we lift up this young man, Edgar, this young father. And Lord, you see the lifestyle that he's living. You see what he's doing, the people he's hanging out with the things he's engaged in, the places where he is going, the company he is keeping. We pray, Lord God, that you convict Edgar of his need for you. He may not feel he needs to accept Christ. Maybe he feels that his parents are believers and occasionally going to church and reading the Bible is enough. Give Edgar no rest. There is no peace for the wicked, your word says, Lord God. Give Edgar no peace, no rest, until he realizes his need for you, Lord Jesus, and surrenders his life to you. <coughs> we pray that you open up his eyes to the truth. Send somebody his way, maybe a co-worker or a neighbor who will witness to him, who will preach the gospel to him. Maybe it'll come through a Christian song or maybe a broadcast. Maybe a Christian 
musical number that he'll hear. Maybe it'll be a track that's given to him. Maybe it'll be in his sleep through a dream. Whatever way you choose, Heavenly Father, speak to Edgar's heart. Get the gospel into his ears and into his heart. Convict him of his sin. And again, give him no rest until he surrenders his life to you, Lord God. We thank you for the work that you're doing in Edgar's life, and we pray that you continue to work in this life. We pray for Edgar's young daughter, that as she is exposed to Edgar's lifestyle, that you protect her. Keep this young child safe. Put angels around her and protect her from any harm, Lord God. Bless this child. Let your presence be felt in this home, Lord God. Begin the work. Continue the work. Let us hear a testimony from Edgar's parents that he is surrendering his life to you and that your spirit and your presence is that household. We commit Edgar and his young daughter into your hands for salvation, protection, and safekeeping. And we rebuke the works of the enemy in that household the evil spirits that may be in that home, we rebuke them. We cast them out and we bind them away. In the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Christ over Edgar and his young daughter. We thank you, Lord God, for their salvation and protection. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to lift up in prayer a young lady, lady by the name of Angelica. And we pray for Angelica every week on this podcast. Angelica is related to a dear brother by the name of Jeremiah, who has requested prayer for her. And Angelica is also involved in ungodly things, an ungodly lifestyle, maybe keeping negative company, going to places where she shouldn't go. She is not a believer. Angelica has not surrendered her life to Christ. And so we need to lift Angelica up before the throne of grace and pray for her salvation and deliverance. Heavenly Father, we lift up Angelica before you, this young woman, Lord God. And like many young people who are involved, maybe in Wicca, maybe in the occult, maybe in drugs or alcohol, in illicit lifestyle, whatever it may be, Lord God, you see what Angelica is involved in, who she's with and what she's doing. <coughs> we lift her up in prayer, Heavenly Father. We present her before the throne of grace. We pray for Angelica's deliverance first and foremost. Whatever she is in bondage to, Lord God, like we have said before, the same way Abraham went into the enemy camp, and rescue Lot, we venture into the enemy's camp right now, and we proclaim freedom for Angelica. Whatever she's in bondage to, Heavenly Father, free her. Free her, Lord God, and deliver her. Convict her of her sin. Let her see that she needs you, Lord God. Her heart may be hardened. She may not want to hear the gospel. She may think it's old-fashioned or corny or not needed by her. We pray, Lord God, that you work in her mind and in her heart, that you change her thinking, 
Speak to her heart. Speak to her mind. Like Edgar, we pray that you give Angelica no rest until she realizes that she needs salvation. Save her soul, Lord God. We rebuke all the evil spirits that are involved in her life, in her bondage, that are blinding her eyes and stuffing up her ears and hardening her heart. We rebuke the power of the enemy. We rebuke any evil spirit, any evil work involved in Angelica's life. Spiritual warfare is what we're involved in right now. We proclaim freedom and deliverance and salvation for Angelica. You have the perfect method and the perfect time. Do what needs to be done. Do what it takes, Lord God, to save Angelica, to deliver her from the clutches of the enemy. If it takes knocking her off a horse and blinding her, so be it, Lord God. Your ways are best. Your timing is best. And I pray that you help the family of Angelica to continue to trust in you, Lord God, and not become discouraged. The situation might get worse before it gets better. We commit her to your hands, and we trust Angelica to you, Lord God. We thank you for her salvation. It's done. It's just a matter of the testimony. It'll come to pass. We thank you for Angelica's salvation, her deliverance, the filling of the Holy Spirit in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Two weeks ago, we had our pastor, Pastor Albert Feliciano, as a guest host. During that podcast, a woman by the name of Mary Ellen called in. Mary Ellen has a daughter by the name of Gabby, a teenager. And there is a father involved named Kevin. The call was placed live to our podcast as this mother requested prayer for her daughter, Gabby, for the Spirit of God to come into her home and for her daughter's salvation. We prayed and interceded on behalf of Gabby and the family. And we will do it again now before the throne of grace. Touch and agree with me for this family. Heavenly Father, we bring this entire family before you, Lord God. The mother, Mary Ellen, the father, Kevin, this young lady named Gabby, or any other family members that are in the home, Heavenly Father, we bring this entire household before you. We pray that your spirit begin to permeate this home, Lord God. Give Mary Ellen and Kevin strength as Christian parents. Strengthen them in their prayer life. Get them to a good Bible-believing, Christ-preaching, end-times church where the Word of God is preached and there is encouragement and the uncompromised Word of God preached. We pray for this young teen, Gabby, Lord God, whatever she is involved with, whatever she is doing, whoever she's hanging out with, whatever resistance she has to the gospel, whatever hardness of heart that she has, we pray that you deliver her. Lord God, soften the hardened heart, open the closed mind, unstop the closed ears, let her become receptive to the gospel. Lord God, it may take, again, to be knocked off a horse. You may bring a person to a point where they are at the end of their rope. If that's what it takes, Lord God, bring Gabby to the point 
where she realizes that she needs Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. Deliver her, Lord God, from the powers of darkness which have her in their clutches. They are refusing to let her go, but we proclaim deliverance, freedom from bondage on Gabby's behalf. Deliver Gabby, Lord God, and save her soul. Fill her with your spirit. Begin the work in this home, Lord God. Let us receive a phone call and a testimony that you are at work in this household. We call it done in the name of Jesus. We proclaim freedom and deliverance for Gabby. We proclaim her salvation. We ask that you cover her in your blood, Lord Jesus. We proclaim that she is your child, rebuking the power of the enemy. Bless this entire household, Lord God. We commit this home into your hands, Lord God. Strengthen Mary Ellen and Kevin to make them the Christian parents they need to be, being salt and light before their unsaved daughter. We thank you for Gabby's salvation. It's a matter of time when we get the testimony, but we proclaim it and commit it into your hands, Lord God. Thank you for Gabby's deliverance, for her salvation, and making her your child, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Our last request is on behalf of my pastor, Pastor Albert Feliciano, and his wife, Pastor Frankie Feliciano. And while some of their children are serving the Lord, they have a son named Joshua, <coughs> who is struggling as many young people are struggling with an addiction and the word of god says that the again as i've said before the thief comes to steal kill and destroy and the enemy would have nothing more than to want to steal kill and destroy joshua to keep him in bondage to addiction Right now, we're going to pray for Joshua's deliverance from addiction. Pray for his resolve to stay clean and pray for his salvation and return to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my pastors, Albert and Frankie Feliciano, that they are both servants of the Most High with committed lives to you, Lord God. And I lift up in prayer, we lift up in prayer their son, Joshua, you see the power of addiction, the demonic power of addiction, the bondage, the stronghold of addiction, Lord God. We pray right now that you free Joshua from this addiction, Lord God. If he's in treatment right now, Lord God, you work through treatment many times, Heavenly Father. Strengthen Joshua's commitment to remain clean and turn away from drugs the power of your Holy Spirit strengthening him and give him, giving him perseverance. We pray, Lord God, in this battle against the powers of darkness, this seesaw battle, as your angels convict him and as the demons of hell try to destroy him, we go into combat warfare right now on behalf of Joshua, and we proclaim deliverance for Joshua from addiction. We pray, Lord God, that you strengthen Joshua's resolve against addiction. 
We pray that you convict him, Lord God. Continue to convict him and that you save his soul. Deliver him from drug addiction. Deliver him from the bondage and clutches of the enemy. We commit Joshua into your hands, Lord God, to make him the man of God that only you can make him, Lord God. It can't happen through human effort, only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we pray for Joshua, wherever he is right now, we commit him into your hands, his salvation, the filling of your spirit in his life, Lord God. Give him a strong sense of your presence, that you're there with him right now, wherever he is, and that you are going to continue to be with him and bless him, Lord God. We commit Joshua into your hands and we thank you. It's done. We proclaim it done in the name of Jesus. Thank you for answering all these requests for China, Alexa, Edgar, Angelica, Gabby, Mary Ellen, Kevin, Joshua, for these young people who are in need of salvation. We want to see them get raptured, Lord God, and have an eternity with you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for the work you're doing and going to do and have done in their lives. We commit them all into your hands. We commit the parents and guardians of these young people into your hands. Continued strength and encouragement. Until you bring to pass the answer to the prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've gone past our one-hour mark, but that is okay. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. We will return back on the air next Thursday, January 5th. We will have another special co-host who will be joining me in our podcast studio. AJ Feliciano, our pastor's son, will be joining me as co-host. And he will be sharing his testimony as well as words of encouragement. And so until next Thursday, January 5th, we thank you for tuning in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And as always, we close our podcast by encouraging you to continue in prayer, being watchful therein and continue to watch the road. Your prodigal, our prodigals, will be on it. God bless you, and good night.